Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bahar. Parshas Bahar has the distinction of being one of the shortest parshios in the Torah. There are but 57 psukim, but incredible, within these 57 psukim, according to the Chinuch, there are 24 mitzvos, 7 positive mitzvos, and 17 restrictions. The parsha begins with the laws of Shemitah and Yovel, the sabbatical year. Now, these laws are so incredible in the sense that it shows Hashem's special, personal relationship with His people in His land in the land of Israel. Torah tells us that when you come into the land, you are to work the land for six years. And the seventh year, it shall be a Shabbos, a year of cessation, Lashem, for God. The idea behind this is as follows. First of all, let's take note. All over the world, there is a concept of crop rotation whereby you work the land for a year or two then you allow it to lie fallow so it can rejuvenate itself not so the land of Israel you're going to work the land six years in succession and then you're not going to work the land on the seventh year well If that's the case, that you're not going to work on the seventh year and you're first going to plant in the eighth, so the obvious question is, uh uh-oh, what are we going to be able to maintain and eat in the eighth year if we have not planted in the seventh so Hashem says, "Vitzivisi es bechorsi lochem." I will command my blessing to you, and even though you've worked the land straight for six years, there'll be an a, an incredible blessing in the produce of that sixth year, that it's going to satisfy not only the sixth and for the seventh and part of the eighth. Now, the idea behind this is, and Rashi tells us this, that, wait a minute, if a person has, for argument's sake, his field yields annually a thousand bushels, well, what's going to be now in the sixth year? If we have to produce for not only six, but seven and eight, then, my goodness, you're going to have, in that sixth year, 3,000 bushels. You need more silos, you need more help, and that could be very taxing, strenuous. Come, Rashi, and the commentaries, and tell us, wow, that you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a blessing in the... Stomach. In other words, 
that in the intestines there's going to be a blessing that eating less is going to satiate, is going to um, provide. So if you look in the Rashi, in verse 19, And the earth, the land, shall give its produce. And you will eat and be satiated. Rashi says, Af bo The blessing will take place within, and therefore you're not going to have to um, build more silos. But normally, a half a sandwich would not satisfy a person. Here, they would feel satiated after half a sandwich. Now let's continue. If the farmers are not working the land during the seventh year, what are they doing? So the Torah says that this seventh year is to be a Shabbos Lashem. Now, if we only can focus on this incredible concept, we're all familiar that in the universities, a full professor, after a certain amount of time, is entitled to a year's sabbatical. Pinch yourself. The Torah has the concept that not just a full professor, but that every farmer is a full professor. Every farmer is treated as a full professor, that every farmer is given every seventh year an opportunity to go back to the yeshiva, an opportunity to sit and learn, an opportunity for him to grow in his spirituality, showing not just for that year, but please God, what's going to follow after the Shemitah year. He's a different person with a different perspective on life. So clearly what Shemitah does is provide that incredible reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is a very strong shot of emuna and bitachon of faith in Hashem. Now, interestingly, the parsha continues, and in Pasuk 35, the Torah says, that if your brother shall become impoverished, so and he has fallen down in the capacity to maintain himself and provide for him, so the Torah says, you shall take hold of him, and that he shall live with you, and you are to enable him to live with you. What does that mean? You are to lend him money. And when you lend him money, says the Torah, you're not to take from him interest when you lend him the money. Now, the Torah does not give a reason for this. Why not? 
the Klayokar gives a very fascinating reason, and that is as follows. He says that in all forms of commerce, buying and selling, what happens before a person goes and tries to convince somebody that they should purchase from you, the individual consciously, subconsciously, offers a prayer to Hashem. Hashem, please help me that I should be presentable, that I should be liked by the person whom I'm trying to sell. Please help me in my endeavors. This is true in all areas, except when you lend on interest. The malve, the one who's lending, is giving the lover, the borrower, a thousand dollars. The lover is giving him back a thousand fifty, a thousand seventy-five. So he's going to make his money, and lest the borrower cannot pay back even at all, the lender, the malve, has taken his gold watch as a collateral. So basically, the one who's lending the money says to God, Hashem, you can have the day off. I don't need you. I can take care of this one myself. And the Torah is teaching so powerfully that the Jew always needs to be connected. He always has to realize that he is relying on Hashem. There's no such thing as Hashem, I can take care of this one by myself. And it's for this reason that the Klayoka says that the Jew is not to charge interest and the borrower by borrowing with interest he is enabling and assisting the malve in this practice and therefore he too is in violation of this biblical prohibition. This is found interestingly right after the laws of Shemitah and Yovel, because since Shemitah and Yovel are there to show that the Jew needs to have emuna, faith, bitachon, trust in Hashem at all times, so too does this prohibition of interest set in. And finally, I'd like to bring you back to one aspect of last week's parsha of Emor. In chapter 23, Pasuk 17, where the Torah speaks of the special korban that, please God, we brought and we will bring Emir Hashem when we have the third Beis Hamikdash, the Shtei Alechem, the two loaves that are brought on Shavuos. The Torah tells us that these two loaves are soles, fine flour, and chametz teofenah, 
they are to be chametz. You should know that throughout the year, most all korban mincha brought in the base Migdash were without chametz, except for the korban toda. Comes along the Ramban, and the Ramban says that vehine bechaga shavuos matan Torah on Shavuos, the day we receive the Torah, Yavi Akorban, the Korban that we're bringing is Bedin Toda. It's a thanksgiving offering to Hashem for giving us the Torah. And therefore, whereas all year long man shows what he can do with Chametz, and therefore Chametz is not to be brought, as well as chametz showing one's arrogance and what man does now on Shavuos when we receive the Torah and we have total reliance on Hashem, ah, then we can even bring a karban of chametz. And this the Ramban concludes in last week's parsha, in verse 17, V'zeh sod, and this is the secret of what our rabbis have taught in Vayikra Rabbah, Kol HaKorbanos Petelin, that in the future, all offerings might be discontinued, however, the Korban Toda Enobateli Olam. Korban Toda will never cease. The concept of the Korban Toda is man's total reliance on Hashem. This is one of the strongest forms of preparation, please God, for Shavuos Haba Oleinu Litova, coming very quickly, that just as we had two days ago, Lagba Omer, which was Hod Shebahod. Again, once again, uh, our admission, our acknowledgement that it's all from Him. This is the essence of Parshas Bahar, and this is what frames our mind with excitement for Kabbalah Satora. Shabbat Shalom to all.